uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to our Microsoft edition of Out Loud. We are coming towards the end of what has been a very busy year for Microsoft when it comes to their communication and collaboration platforms. Microsoft Teams has dominated the headlines and most of the podcasts for this year, but we've also seen the release of the new edition of Skype for Business Server 2019. So in this episode, we will review some of the latest updates to the platforms, including Skype for Business Server 2019 resource kits and a new Office 365 mobile communication application. When I say we, I am, as always, joined by Microsoft MVP and all-round guru Tom Arbuthnot from Modality Systems. Have a listen. Good afternoon, Tom. Happy end of November. Are you enjoying the eternal winter that we've now entered? Yeah, actually, it's, uh, we were just talking about that the other day. It's gone suddenly to one degrees around here, which is uh, quite a shock to the system after some fairly mild weeks trying to stay inside and uh, out of it. <laughs> well, I know you're based in the glorious south, and I have to warn you, today in in an update from the north, it actually snowed briefly up here this morning. Oh, so yeah, so it's all, yeah, exactly. It's always uh, worse up there. That's a foreboding of what's going to come down here, probably. So uh, I'll look out for that. Absolutely. Well, even though we are into the eternal gloomy British winter, there's, I was obviously, as usual, I was going through your blog, you sent me over some preparation before we record the podcast. And there's, there's loads of news, I thought it might quieten off a bit to Christmas. And I know both you and I wanted to start with the the Microsoft mobile group chat app, Kaizala, am I, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, which, which mobile group chat app is the first question, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's, I suppose there's only one called Kaizala. Yeah, so Kaizala is an interesting one. So it's, a, it's an app based out of what's called Microsoft Garage, which is kind of like a labsy, see what happens type team. And this actually came out of India. And that, it's been around for a while in certain markets. But now the big news is that Microsoft are going to bundle it into all Office 365 commercial plans. So anybody with kind of an enterprisey, businessy type plan will have access to it. So on the face of it, another option that is about people talking to people alongside Skype and Teams and Yammer. So, so just so I understand, how was how was Kaizala available previously? I mean, I'd never heard of it. I, what was sort of the was it sort of an asian-y specific application or what's the yeah so it's, it's interesting i mean it was there's a free version that was available worldwide and and for those not familiar with it you can kind of think of it as a whatsapp clone um although i'll explain why it's a lot more than that in a minute but it's a mobile only chat app where your identity is tied to your phone number anybody can join a chat room but there's some differences that i'll go through but it was always available worldwide for free um, but certainly in, in Europe, like WhatsApp tends to be the default or, or Messenger. So in terms of consumers taking hold of it, I don't think it's necessarily been huge because that market is fairly well served. But it was also available in 28 countries. So it's Argentina, Bangladesh, Brazil, Cambodia, Chile. Um, I won't go through them all, but like certainly like the theme, and I'm not sure what the correct way to say this is, but kind of, I hate the phrase kind of developing countries or like it's countries where you're more likely to be using a smartphone than a PC. So, you know, lots of lots of places have kind of skipped PCs and gone straight to smartphones. And this is a smartphone first way for people to talk together, be it whatever the topic. So so why do you think Microsoft have made this available within three? What, what's the 
what's the draw? Is it because it's a more mobile native application rather than some of the other possibilities that would already be available, like the Teams app? Yeah, I think you've got to go back to what Microsoft are trying to achieve. I mean, they're trying to serve literally everybody in the world. Like, that's their objective is, like, make the world more productive. And with the best will in the world, one option is not going to fit every single use case. So Teams is great and Yammer's great and Skype is great for some people. But in this particular situation, being genuinely mobile first and also some other differentiators. So it has an API to it. So you can integrate apps. So you can integrate location-based apps and different bits and pieces. You can also kind of have hierarchies or hub and spoke type comms. And you can put up to, um, it says in their post, up to a million people in a group. So you're kind of into this scenario where I think WhatsApp tops out at 250, which, you know, in normal WhatsApp cases, you know, for example, you know, we have a WhatsApp for my street. Everybody on the street organizes a barbecue or whatever in that group. We have a WhatsApp for my uni friends. You, you, it's that kind of thing in WhatsApp, whereas this can be an entire community, maybe a, a, an entire you know county or even a, some kind of scenario where you've got tens of thousands of people and you want to broadcast messaging out to them. And, and yes, there are consumer platforms that sort of try and do that thing. But the, the advantage here from Microsoft is you've got something that's ISO compliant, HIPAA compliant, GDPR, you know, all the, all the Office 365 ticks of compliance and security and reliability you've got, as well as it being kind of mobile first, mobile friendly. Oh, well, you've, you've illuminated that slightly better for me. And that seems to make a lot more sense outside of as you were saying initially, maybe the more established markets where we're used to the sort of desktop mobile symbiosis. If if you're in an environment where you just have a mobile phone, this could be very useful in, t- in terms of, as you said, broadcast and that sort of thing. Yeah, and it, it's not, it's probably not a good use case. If you've already got Office 365 and you're using Teams and or you're using Yammer, there may not be an immediate use case. And I wouldn't necessarily say you add it into the mix because it's there. But certainly, you know, Microsoft have clearly had some demand that outside of those countries, people have got use cases for it. And whatever the use case, Microsoft have built it. Microsoft wants to give people options. So why would you not give them the option, basically? No, absolutely. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how that develops. We'll, we'll move on to the, 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 the Teams news. And I think the, big, the biggest piece of Teams news is the automatic upgrades for small Office 365 tenant organizations from Skype for Business Online to Teams or automatically. Quite quite a mouthful, right? Yes, yeah, it was easy for me to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. So this kind of news has crept out over the last couple of weeks on the Microsoft tech community. Um, fortunately, Microsoft really encouraged people on their kind of open forums to share what they're experiencing, share their questions, share their ideas. And a couple of people posted that they'd seen uh, messages in the Office 365 message center, which is where Microsoft sent administrators like, you're getting this new feature, this has changed, this is, this is what's happening here. They saw messages saying, you're, you're ready to upgrade to Teams. Uh, and when you dug in, and actually some of them got emails as well, it panned out that you're ready to upgrade to Teams was actually we scheduled you to automatically upgrade to Teams. Now, this has not gone out to everybody in the world. It's not even gone out to any of our customers or any tenants I have access to. So clearly, it's a very small subset. It's probably them testing how they handle this. 
but but unfortunately it looks like they've kind of sent these messages out to a very small subset with little comms around exactly what the what the wider plan is and also with a very short lead time one of the one of the people involved had a 10-day lead time between being told you're ready to upgrade and we're going to automatically upgrade now you can click an opt-out but in small tenants i think they're the most likely to not have full-time it or you know the it guys on holiday for three weeks or the it girl like whatever it is I think that's quite a big change going from Skype to Teams, and I think Microsoft needs to do a bit of a better job of explaining what the plan is before just automatically upgrading people. Yeah, it, it does seem a, a, a little strange. So I, I take it we've had no details. As you said, it seems like a very small sample size or, or subset, but on, on how they've selected who, who this has happened to? It appears to be, I mean, the most likely scenario is they're checking for people that don't have much Skype for Business online active usage, don't have any special requirements, and therefore fit the bill to go from Skype for Business to Teams. And and this is typical of Microsoft. They typically start a small seat counts and work their way up to understand how things work. And, and, and I have no particular religious objection to automatic updates. Most administrators won't opt into anything. So if you don't push a little bit, then you don't get the change you want and get everybody onto the new thing. But just some clearer comms around what the model is, how you'll be notified, how you can opt out, what the lead times are would be would be great, I think. And I suppose this this does lead to the question, and this might be might be difficult to answer. Is this something we could potentially see on a larger scale? I mean, as you said, I know this is potentially a small subset with you know very basic requirements and and simple configurations where where this isn't going to necessarily cause a huge amount of problems, but in 12 months, are we going to see this rolled out to potentially more Skype for Business online customers where they may well be automatically updated? Yeah, I think, I mean, so I don't work for Microsoft, so I can't tell what the future is going to be. I'm just, just my external opinion. But certainly Microsoft's broad goal is to get more people off Skype for Business online and onto Teams. Having said that, they've been adamant, you know, it's going to be at your post when you're ready. So I don't think we'll see any option that doesn't have an opt-out or an option to defer. I will. I do think we'll see an encouragement to go, but I think in the bigger customers or the complex requirements, it probably won't be um, automatic. If you're running lots of video interrupt, lots of phones, lots of locations, you know, there's a lot to consider there. Changing somebody's main phone number from one client to another is a big consideration. So I think we'll see more of it but I think there'll be some exceptions where large customers will be communicated to on a different basis than just it's coming, opt out if you want to opt out. Yeah, no, that's that's going to be very interesting to see how that how that escalates uh, going forward. They're also on Teams. There are a couple of new partners certified for the direct routing out of Teams. Yeah, this is good to see, actually. So um, it's been about six months since direct routing went generally available. And we've seen offers from Thinktel, who are a Canadian carrier, from Audio Codes, and from Ribbon, who uh, used to be called Sonos or NET if you go way back. And it now looks like there's two other vendors that will have an option. So uh, T Systems AnyNode, which is a software-based session border controller, and Oracle as well. So they bought Acme Packet a while ago. So now those devices will be certified, which will just give more enterprises that already run those options an opportunity and for those going into the market to do this or carriers doing this more options for which hardware they use 
Yeah, I suppose we can just expect to see that continue, can't we, in terms of as Microsoft are, are happy with a, a provider in that area, it makes sense to add additional choices and options on. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, there's no downside for Microsoft. You have to go through a, a pretty stringent certification process to get the badge from Microsoft. So there's a lead time where the vendors have to work with Microsoft to get tested and certified and all those kind of things. But yeah, I would expect more vendors as, as the year goes on into 2019 as well. I was looking on your blog and I saw Microsoft Teams Academy and I thought instantly, Tom must be one of the lecturers at the Teams Academy. <laughs> yeah, no, not quite. Uh, uh, although a few of my friends are, fortunately. So um, there's, yeah, there's some interesting work Microsoft's doing. So um, Caruana kind of leads a YouTube channel called Coffee in the Cloud, and they've been publishing videos really aimed at kind of IT pros around how Teams works, how to manage it, direct routing, phone system, the upgrade process. And, and what I like is they're just putting these videos on YouTube, so it's not hard to get to. There's a YouTube playlist. All the supporting documentation is on the docs, Microsoft.com site. Um, but yeah, worth checking out if you get the opportunity. They're um, fairly short and informative videos. So if you're in this space, it's worth just spending a bit of time getting up to speed on those different areas. And I suppose it makes absolute sense for Microsoft to make resource like this available. As we were talking about before, they want to encourage people to go for Teams. The better people understand Teams, the easier the process is going to be. Yeah, it's nice to see. It's just generally new Microsoft over the last few years. Like Microsoft used to have, I think still do somewhere, have their Channel 9 where they host videos. Uh, and that's great. But they're kind of more about going where the users are. So, you know, YouTube is the default video platform. Everybody has it on their mobile. Everybody has access to it. Everybody searches on it. So putting their content where people are is just a nice touch, I think. Last bit of news for Teams was... The retiring of Teams for Windows 10 S. Yeah, this was quite interesting, actually. Not, not that it impacted many people. So a bit of background, Windows 10 has an S version or an S mode, which is like a highly locked down version of Windows 10. So you can't run traditional applications. You can only run apps out of the store. So, so you can think about it a bit like um, Apple and iOS. Like, you, you know, on an iPad, you can only run things out of the store. You can't download your own apps from anywhere. And that was the same model. And Microsoft had a Windows 10S version of Teams, so specifically for that use case, which was in their application store in preview. And what I thought may happen was that over time, that App Store version would become the default client and the traditional, I say traditional, it's only been around for a few years, but the Electron client, which is the other option for desktop, would go away. Um, but it looks like exactly the opposite is happening. There, there wasn't a huge uptake on Windows 10S. There wasn't a huge uptake of that app. So Microsoft are focusing on the Electron main desktop app. And anybody running in that Windows S or Windows S mode is being recommended just to use the web browser client, which is not quite feature parity, but pretty close in terms of what you can do in it. Yeah, and I was going to say, th that must be sort of tied to the popularity as you were touching on of of windows 10s which which wasn't universally used and i think it's by the 29th of november so anybody who is using that as you said is going to have to look at the web application of teams in the meantime yeah and what's what's really interesting that i kind of missed initially and then one of my friends pointed out is microsoft now own github github are the maintainers of the the open source framework electron so actually microsoft own the, the, the open, it's an open source framework, so it's not like GitHub own it as such. 
that they own part of the machine that owns Electron. So effectively, they've rationalized to their own preferred platform. So from that point of view, it does make some strategic sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose, as you said, it's it's not going to cause huge amounts of people in issues. And, and the web version, as you said, has, I mean, I can barely notice the difference sometimes when I have to work on a web client when I'm not on my own PC. I thought just before we finish there, I, I know it's yet again in a, in a Microsoft monthly podcast, we haven't mentioned Skype <laughs> at all. So just let's have a, let's have a token mention of Skype. So Skype for Business Server 2019 went generally available. Was it last month we were talking about that in the podcast? Uh, yeah, around about that time. I think it just gone when we talked last. And, and there were there were a few additions that you were telling me about. So core quality dashboard, management pack, capacity planning tools. Are these updates to the platform or are these sort of retrospective add-ons? Yeah, so so these are all um, add-ons, sometimes called resource kits. So they're, they're applications that Microsoft build to help customers. So for example, there's a statistics page about how the, the system's performing. There's a management pack for making sure it's all working, a capacity calculator for making sure you spec it right, some debug tools. What, what's just nice to see is that Microsoft continuing to refresh and push that stuff out. So, you know, again, Teams is definitely Microsoft's first foot forward, but Microsoft have now released Skype Business Server 2019. They're churning out all the updates to all the resource kits. So there is a maintain a kind of and maintaining and keeping up to date of all the stuff involved in Skype for Business Server as well. It hasn't just been abandoned, which is nice. No, not, as you said, it's, it's going to be around for a while and it just shows that commitment to the platform, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And then this is exactly it. This is the, what you look for. I never look for the marketing words because, um, you know, marketing could say anything, but things like this are signs that, that Microsoft do care because they've taken the effort to update all that tooling for the customers using Skype for Business Server. So, yeah, good sign. I think that's um, pretty much it for the November news, unless I've missed anything off the list. Yeah, no, I think that's it. Like I say, I think we uh, when I came in to do the, the running order, I thought it might be quite quiet. But actually, if you look at it again, the things continue to change and, and churn and new things come out. So uh, we'll see. I think December might be a, a bit quieter, potentially. So we'll see uh, see what's going on in December. It might be a short Christmas podcast next month. Yeah, well, I was going to ask if there was going to be any December news or if I was going to be able to be drunk over the holidays for the entire time. Yeah, well, uh, well let's have a look. I mean, if there's, there's probably not going to be a lot of news, I don't think, because Microsoft tend to wind down this time of year. But maybe we should spend a bit of time doing some predictions or some forecasting. That's the, the classic thing to do at the end of the year, isn't it? And then uh, we can see how wrong we are in 2019. The classic thing to do, fill airtime by making the main <laughs> predictions. And I mean, I will keep myself firmly on the fence by making you do all of the predictions well, no, no one no one ever revisits them though do they it's always like you know make a load of predictions and then don't point out how wrong you are if we're going to do it we have to revisit it those are the rules oh don't worry tom if you make any predictions i will be revisiting <laughs> time. Don't worry about well um have you got anything coming up i know obviously everyone can get any additional information on any of the topics we've talked about on on tomtalks.uk but it's uh, it's quietening down a bit now for events isn't it yeah, yeah. This time of year tends to quiet down. There's nothing major happening, I don't think. The next uh, big thing will be um, Microsoft Ignite on tour, which is not till the end of February. So, um, yeah, I think nothing nothing huge happening for the next couple of weeks. Great. Well, for the meantime, Tom, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and enjoy the rest of the cold weather until we speak again. Yeah, cheers, Patrick. Good to catch up. Talk in soon. 
It is always a pleasure talking to Tom to get his analysis on all the latest updates. As we said, you can find more information on all of the topics we discussed on his blog, which you can find at tomtalks.uk and on our website at uctoday.com, where if you search for Microsoft, you can find all of the information you might need there. If you do have any questions for Tom you would like me to put to him on the podcast, please get in touch on Twitter or LinkedIn at UC Today News. We would also love to hear some of your predictions for the future. So if you have any clairvoyant style ideas about Microsoft Teams or Skype for Business into 2019, please do send them in so that we can discuss. That's it for today's episode, though. As always, a big thanks for listening.